Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Pull up a chair, pour up a drink, and light that cigar. We're here live from Cigaro for our first in-person interview on the Sports and Stogies podcast. Cam. We're here with, uh, I'm going to mess up your name again. DeGenero. Just think of Rio. Yep. Just think of Rio. Steve DeGenero, the owner slash partner of the Cigaro Lounge in Hubbard, Ohio, just outside of Youngstown, if anybody's local. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction, Steve? Sure. Thanks for coming, guys. I really appreciate you guys being here, and I'm, I'm glad to show the place. And, you know, it, it's a new business, and we love showing it off. We love talking to people about cigars. Um, love showing off our house brand and really like touring people around the place. Um, I'm Steve DeGenero, along with my partner. Last October, we bought a house in Hubbard, Ohio, beautiful downtown Hubbard, Ohio, which is in the northeast part of the state, about midway between Youngstown and Warren. And we renovated the house and we've created a cigar store and lounge. The concept is it's a renovated house. The first floor is a retail store, so you kind of think like a Starbucks. You know, people can come in and buy a cigar. You can, of course, you can buy cigars and go, um, but you can buy a cigar and you can hang out. It's got a lot of nice little um, nooks and crannies and places where you could sit and hang out. You could sit in a great room with a bunch of other people, or you can kind of like creep off to a, a corner and be by yourself or with with a friend. Um, we have a fireplace. We always have Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra playing on the radio. We have coffee, we have soda, um, and of course we have um, all the all the cigars you could ever want, including our house brand, which we'll hopefully talk about. Um, and then upstairs, second and third floor is a membership area, so members go up there. Um, you can buy a membership, you can buy a, a day pass up there. You don't have to buy a full year membership. Um, you can buy a day pass, um, and in fact, we give day passes when people buy a box of cigars. Yeah, that's something that's new. good marketing yeah that's that's a new idea so that gives people kind of a glimpse of the the area um upstairs of course we try to tour everybody you know we're still relatively new so when people come in if they've never been in the store before we try to give them a tour if they have time and show them around and introduce them to the concept um we're the only cigar store in hubbard um we're probably one of about four or five places in the maybe i'd say like two to three county area um, and we're we're very friendly competition. You know, we're friends with the other the other cigar lounges in the area. Um, one of the things that I think makes us a little bit unique, at least in the the local area, is uh, because of our membership area, um, we have twenty four seven access for the uh, higher level of members um, that come in here. So um, upstairs, you know, it's about like it is down here, except we have big screen TVs. We have a theater room. We have a poker room. We have a kitchen. Um, we have events. Um, you know, if you become a member, it isn't just a kind of a geographical access thing. We also have events. And we'll, we'll sometimes open the events up to the general public, but a lot of the events are focused for the members. So we do like a bourbon tasting night or a, um, a Christmas party, or um, we'll have cigar sales reps that come in and do tastings. Um, and then theme parties. You know, we do a lot of theme parties, too. We've been in business since uh, July. You know, we bought the building last October. Uh, it took 
quite a while to renovate. The place needed a lot of work. Um, it needed a lot of work, and we wanted to put a lot of work into it over and above what it needed because we wanted to establish this, you know, the, and I'm gesturing to, to show the ambiance that we have here. We wanted to, to make it look like it looks now, kind of a old-world, speakeasy, 1950s kind of a place. And the hard work paid off, Steve. As soon as we walked in and got the full tour, it's like stepping into a time machine almost. This absolutely beautiful shop, beautiful you know private room upstairs and everything. Um, the hardwood is gorgeous. All your humidors are fantastic. The furniture and all the great decor here is what really sets it apart from most shops I've been to. Um, but before we go any further, of course, you'd be remiss if we didn't mention what we're all smoking on right now, which is your house blend Maduro. So how does one go about getting a house blend, first of all, and then how did you make the Cigaro House Blend, what it is right now. Yeah, so, so th- thank you for noticing that. We, we, um, we actually, w- we knew when we started the business that we wanted to have a house, house blend. Um, we weren't sure where we were going to find it. You know, there's a lot of companies that will do a house brand blend for you, you know, on your behalf and, or, or label a, their own cigars for you. But a, a friend of a friend introduced us to a Cuban gentleman who lives down in the Miami area, and he rolls cigars and he sells them. At a, at a small shop down in Miami and he, he brought some samples and we smoked the samples and you know I've smoked cigars for I don't know 30 years and I it was love at first puff I mean literally literally lit the cigar and said this is one of the best cigars I, within two minutes I, I knew that I had to have these I'm gonna have to use that line Love at first puff. Yeah, yeah. That's genius. <laughs> and it, it truly was. You know, we, and my, my partner as well, you know, we, we, I remember just kind of looking at each other and thinking, yeah, we, we need to have these. So the gentleman's an absolute expert at rolling cigars. Um, he doesn't have any kind of formal distribution network, though. So we went down to Florida and met with him and talked to him about the, about the product and kind of had to help him. Um, create a way that he could you know he he had plenty of cigars we had to figure out how to get them up here and so we figured out how the distribution network would work Um, we're literally the only place except for his house where you can buy these so this isn't something you can get in cleveland or st louis or new york or los angeles Um, you can get them here and you can get them at his place in miami yeah and they're very tasty a lot of natural flavors earthy like dirt hay that kind of thing with natural tobacco really on the forefront uh great wrap no phrase great smoke production great draw great burn i mean it's pretty much the perfect cigar and uh they they don't come in cellophane what they come that's a little special there right yeah so so and and, you know actually i'll I'll tell you truthfully that when when i saw him i thought it was just kind of a novelty but he, he wraps them in newspaper and what he does is he takes a, a new piece of newspaper, and when he's done with the cigar, he, he wraps it. And you saw the way that it was kind of like artistically folded and sealed. And he ships them like that. And he doesn't like wrapping in cellophane. He doesn't put any kind of a band around it. Um, the newspaper is white when he wraps the cigars, and the tobacco kind of leaches out into the, into the newsprint. And you saw that it was um, almost like a yellow or sepia tone. Kind of like in some of the older listeners might remember, newspapers used to come with a section called the Rotogravure, or some people called it, quote-unquote, the brown section. And kind of like the comics were color, you know, the only color that you saw in newspaper, 
back in the day in the brown section had kind of a sepia look to it. So, I, you know, we saw that and we, we thought it was kind of neat, but we weren't sure, you know, what it, what it really meant. But it, it does something to the, the taste. You know, the cellophane is not necessarily the best way to store and, and preserve cigars. Um, these, these are good, you know, he, he rolls them and they're good the day after he rolls them. They're good a year later, too. So as long as they're properly humidified. So he ships them to us in newspapers. We don't get boxes. We put them directly in our humidor. Um, we buy four sizes. He does a Maduro and a Connecticut. Um, we have the Churchill size, which he does not necessarily call Churchill, but they're, they're essentially a Churchill size. And then he has a, a Toro size that he calls La Bomba, which means the small bomb. And uh, so same thing, Maduro and Connecticut La Bomba, Maduro and Connecticut Churchill. And the expert crafting stands for itself. I mean, these are made just as good, if not better, than anything you get from Davidoff or Monte Cristo or any of the top-notch brands. I mean, just beautiful, and again, great dark, rich flavor, excellent draw and smoke production. I mean, these are so perfectly made. And again, to be the exclusive provider of these, barring you go to the guy's house, yeah, it's just another feather in your cap for the shop, really. Yeah. Um, as a great Maduro fan myself, this is everything I could want out of a smoke. Thank Fantastic you. so far. Yeah, thank you. We, we really feel blessed to, to have found him. It was just sort of an accident that we found him, but... Uh, you know, we were we were hooked, and uh, you know, we we loved the cigar. We loved sharing it with people. It's a reasonably priced cigar. These are, you know, regardless of whether it's a La Bomba or a Churchill size, these are under ten dollars. That's that's a steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're about in the second third here, beginning to the middle of the second third, and yeah, the flavor's carrying all the way through. The burn's carrying all the way through draw i mean excellent stick um they sell relatively well or are people a little hesitant at first uh no no no, no hesitancy whatsoever it's it's our, easily our number one seller easily um we talked about it a lot you know we, we posted on social media and we advertised that we were going to have these and um when we got them in at first we we gave them away so somebody would come in and buy a couple sticks would give them one and I think just about everybody that we gave a cigar to came back. And now we have like a loyal following. Um, you know, although he has a distribution network now because of us, um, it, 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 he isn't necessarily consistent. So sometimes we run out. And when we run out, we'll put a note on social media that, hey, we got our, we got our house br- brand in. And immediately people beat a path to our door, you know, and, and buy them and stockpile them. And our members put them in their members' locker and – and uh, by, by the way, I don't, I don't think I, I mentioned to you guys when I was giving you the tour earlier, um, he has no name for him. You know, he doesn't call him anything. He just calls him his cigars. So we wanted to find a name. So we, we call them El Periodico, which means literally the newspaper. The newspaper. Yeah. Excellent branding. Great Thank idea you. there. Now, um, as, as we, we asked in the first trial run here before we had a little recording mishap, um, has the idea of opening a shop been a long time dream of yours or is this kind of a newfound passion for you and your partner yeah so it was it's funny I, i've been joking for probably 15 or 20 years uh, people ask me what are you going to do when you retire i, I had to have, have um do medical consulting is is my career and i've traveled i've probably been traveling for 30 years and up until covid i was traveling i was uh, 
you know, 100, 125 nights a year in hotels. It's a lot of travel. I was a true road warrior. Um, gone a lot. Um, it worked out really well. I have a very understanding wife and two very well-adjusted sons who I raised even though I was gone a lot. And, uh, you know, as I'm getting a little bit older, and especially with the, the advent of COVID, um, I found myself home, and I, I really enjoyed being around. I didn't enjoy not doing anything, though. And so I, I've always been very passionate about cigars, and I kind of formulated the idea that, you know what, I, I'm going to turn this into a business. I'm going to, when I back off from my regular work, I'm probably going to hang out at a cigar place for the rest of my life. It might as well be mine. Uh, couldn't think of a better place to be. Um, everybody loves to be in their own home, something they own, right? Why not smoke cigars in your own lounge? And have something to do. <laughs> and this place feels very homey. A lot of great personal touches here. Uh, most notably, like I touched on earlier, all these small decor pieces. Uh, most notably, the paintings you have upstairs, which are um, historical. You could say very unique stories behind those. Um, tell our audience how those... Um, why do they mean so much? So one of the, you know, I've always been interested in history, and I've always been interested in politics, and I've been especially interested in local politics. And so we had, back here in the 90s, a congressman, um, James Trafficant, um, who had a lot of notoriety. Um, he, I actually knew him, um, and as did most of the people from this area. And unfortunately, he ended up going to prison at the end of his career, and he spent a couple of years in the federal penitentiary. While he was in prison, he did some prison paintings, and he was selling and giving away the paintings. And I ended up with a pretty substantial collection of his paintings. And um, so we, we dedicated a room upstairs in our members' lounge to his works, and we have on display, I think there's, there's about five or six of his paintings, including... Um, one of the most unique, which is uh, a self-portrait that he did. And if you noticed, he had a, a kind of a crown of thorns um, in his self-portrait. So he was in prison and he was feeling, I don't know, maybe like a little bit persecuted. And uh, um, he did that painting. Actually, a friend of ours has a bar here in the Youngstown area. And that picture hung, at the, hung up at the bar. And Bar Rescue went into that bar and suggested that he get rid of it. They didn't like the artwork. And uh, so he gave it to us as a, as a housewarming present here, here at Cigarro. Which is a very cool story in and of itself, let alone the artist who painted them, which is also a great story. Um, you said you have two sons. Do they smoke cigars or anything like that? Um, they're, they're both very casual cigar smokers. They're, they're married, and they, they both have babies at home now. And um, so that with, with wives and babies, they're, they're not doing a lot of smoking at home right now. But when they're back in Youngstown, neither of them live here, but when they're back in Youngstown, they're, they're at Cigarro. That's a great place to be. Um, so they're not local. No, one, um, one of them is a lawyer in uh, Washington, D.C., and the other one is a college professor down in Columbus. Oh, wow. Very uh, successful. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Now, as far as your personal cigar journey goes, um, when did you first start getting into cigars, and what started that passion for you? So I've been smoking very casually for um, probably um, you know something in the 20 to 30 year range. Uh, I was smoking cigars before, before this latest kind of craze came about, and I kind of took my game up a little bit. My, my partner, Jamie, has a, 
a lounge in downtown Youngstown, not a business, but just an, an office that has a smoking lounge. And we hung out there and smoked. And when I was working, when I was out of town, I'd find myself in a hotel for three or four nights in a row. And I always sought out cigar lounges. I'd, I'd go, not every night, but you know, one night during the week, I'd go and have a nice relaxing cigar at a cigar lounge. I'd finish work at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and I'm kind of living in a hotel and not much going on in a strange town working by myself and it was always a very comfortable thing to do to go find a cigar lounge and hang out so so I've been to places all over the country and everything kind of came together I don't know three four years ago certainly during COVID if not a little bit before uh, because I'd seen so much around the country and because I had a friend who had a lounge we'd been talking to people who came into his lounge about hey, you know, maybe we ought to take this, this is just a man cave right now, but maybe we ought to buy a building and create a lounge. And if we did that, would you become a member? We got a tremendous response. Everybody loves my partner's lounge. So we um, started looking for a building. Uh, the fellow that owns the winery next door to Cigaro actually is the person who brought us to Hubbard, introduced us to the community. I grew up here, but I haven't lived here since high school. Um, so I had to kind of like reacquaint myself to the community and a lot of the people that are, you know, the city fathers, the, the mayor, the council people, the safety director, the fire chief are people that I went to high school with and knew in the community 35, 40 years ago. So it's kind of full circle, you know, back home. Yeah, those are, and those are definitely great connections to have because a lot of people tend to follow those city heroes mm-hmm. for lack of better terms, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what you guys have done here. And, um, I would love to see before pictures at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we get you some so you could, so you can put them with the, you know, make sure you incorporate them into the story because it looked nothing like what you see here. Nothing at all. It was, um, it was, uh, it was most recently, it's always been a business, but it was most recently a pet daycare and hospice center. And so this is this was a kind of a place where cats and dogs were coming to die. And um, it, 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 when we bought it, it needed a lot of work. It needed a lot of renovation. It needed some major work. That beam that you see, certainly it's beautiful decoration, but it actually had to be put in there because the floor was sagging. So, you know, we propped the floor back up and, you know, did repairs like that. Um, the bones of the building were pretty good. There was a good roof. There was good HVAC. There was good plumbing. Um, but, but, you know, pretty much everything you see was sweat equity. You know, my, my partner's hard work. A lot of elbow grease. A lot of elbow right? grease. Yeah. And, of course, you and your partner did all this by yourself. Yeah. Right? We, we had a crew of guys, um, you know, but, but it was, you know, self, you know we, we, we were the contractors, you know, and my partner was here a little bit more than me um, every night. You know, we both have day jobs, but he was here every night guiding his crew and, um, you know, leading everything and, um, you know, hammer and nails all himself. He was on the roof. He was in the cellar. He did a lot of the design himself. We relied on almost no one, um, just did it all exactly the way we wanted. And it's great to see because me and Cam, I mean, our dream really is to open up our own cigar bar one day. So it's great to see two lifelong friends and partners you know, chase their dreams and kind of raise their baby up to what it is right now. So um, let's talk about your partner. How long have you guys known each other? How'd you meet? Um, tell us a story on you guys. Yeah, so so we're, we're long-term friends. You know, we kind of met through politics. Um, 
Um, we're both involved in, in politics up here. And uh, so we actually knew each other. We've known each other for probably 15 or 20 years. And, you know, we kind of latched on to each other because we both smoked cigars. Um, we were both instrumental in a cigar club that they started here that was kind of affiliated with a political group. Um, so we were founding members of a cigar club and got to know each other even better because of that. And um, just, you know, it solidified our friendship and our partnership. And um, we just like latched on to each other and knew that we were both passionate about the same thing and we better do it together. Uh, that's <clears throat> kind of our story too. I mean, we worked together. He trained me at our job and uh, he took me to my first cigar lounge, got me into into the industry. And uh, I've always wanted to do a podcast and we banter pretty well and can bounce off of each other pretty well. So it's kind of how we ended up here. Nice. So nice. hopefully we have a true story like you guys do because that's remarkable you know follow your dreams because i i um so i've, I've been in the medical business i i believe it or not i uh, go figure it's a little bit ironic i started out my career as a you ready for this respiratory therapist you know so you're what, a, you know you're what a subject matter expert you know what a respiratory therapist does <laughs> It's not smoke cigars, <laughs> let's say. Let's say. So I, I started my career out, and I, I got really good at a, a kind of a thing called compliance, which is more the the business of, you know, it's a medical business. It's not, I'm not working as a clinician anymore, and I haven't for years, but I do medical consulting for companies um, so that they can, you know, so they can build Medicare properly, so they can stay compliant with law and regulation. I do consulting. I have a... Um, company that sells policy manuals and forms for companies like that and I've enjoyed doing that I mean I loved my career I like I loved it a lot um I, cigars are a lot more fun though <laughs> cigars are a lot more fun and you know I'm on the downside of life now and I I kind of wish I'd started this uh, you know maybe when I was 20 years younger that's why I'm really glad that you know me and Cam started young uh, when my buddy first turned me, turned me on to cigars I was 18 at the time and I kind of thought, well, cigars are it's like an old guy thing, right? <laughs> I was dead wrong. And I think a lot of the great friendships I've made and conversations I've had have all started in cigar lounges around a good smoke and good people. That's really the core of this community, which um, I, I absolutely see personified here at the lounge and with you personally. Yeah, th thanks for saying that. And I'll tell you, that, that kind of triggers you know a memory with me. I, I, I think you guys are probably too young to remember this, but... You know, when you think of, you think about bars, like a bar in the 1950s or 60s, even up into the 70s and early 80s, when you went to a neighborhood bar, it was a friendly place. It was a safe place. There weren't fights. There weren't bouncers. There weren't people kicking you out. There weren't. There was no controversy. There weren't people falling down drunk. It was a nice place to go and have a beer or have do a shot and talk to the people in the neighborhood. It was something you did after work. It was something you did in the evening. Cigar lounges now are kind of like those the bars were 50 years ago in my mind. I've I've gone into bar or, or I've gone into um cigar lounges literally all over the country. And I've never gone into a place where I wasn't made to feel completely 100% welcome. I've struck up friendships. I have Facebook followers and people that I'm, you know, I I I know when I go to Lakeland, Florida, I look up the fellow that owns the cigar lounge. I 
I know when I go to Jupiter, Florida, there's a cigar store I like to go in. I know a couple places in Jersey. I know a place in Philadelphia. And a, a lot of them have become friends, you know, over the years. So it's a friendly business to be in, too, on top of everything else. Yeah, with us being in our early 20s, we don't know a lot about the 70s. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. you, you missed a good time. So Let's, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. uh, yeah, we we try to reiterate the community of cigar lounges and even just going into shops and striking up conversations with the retail workers, like it's just the same as sitting in a lounge and having a conversation. And we try to reiterate that community so much because yeah, like being young guys going in here, nobody looks down on us. It's not like oh, you're too young, you wouldn't understand. It's just same old conversations like you would have with your partner or your friends in other lounges. And it's really such an amazing community to be a part of. I mean, what you're doing isn't the best for your lungs, but if you go out <laughs> once or twice a week, you'll be fine, right? You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I, and maybe, there's, maybe this is just kind of a justification that I've made in my mind, you know, as a psychological crutch, but so I, I never feel as relaxed as when I'm smoking a cigar. So there's a health value to that. You know, not not necessarily to smoking, but you know, if it if it causes me to relax, I I have a good time when I come here. I, I enjoy sitting, I enjoy talking, I enjoy visiting, I enjoy smoking a cigar with people. I I was here a couple weeks ago on a Saturday night, and I was sitting in one of these little pit groups, like similar to where we're sitting right now, and I was sitting with a congressman, a doctor, a bricklayer, and a college student, and we were carrying on the most interesting conversation. There's no, you know, religion barriers or political barriers or any kind of prejudices or biases. It's just kind of everybody comes into the cigar lounge and everybody's welcome and everybody has a good time. Yeah, that's probably my favorite part of the community. Is you have people from all different backgrounds and occupations and ages and races. And I've learned so much and been exposed to so much by these great people in places like this. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very, very glad I got into this hobby and this community. And of course, a, a main part of that, which is how we met, you, Steve, is the Ohio Cigar Mafia. Which, again, there's a lot of great charity. We've talked about them plenty of times on the show. That's how you got in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good to, good to meet you online. You know, the the phenomenon of social media and online has really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it happens in all industries. But in, in the cigar world, I mean, we've had people come in here that saw us on Facebook that were in town from, you know, places hundreds of miles away and they search online or they look on facebook and try to find us of course we have a website you know we have a very active facebook page too but we also have a website and we do a lot of social media advertising to, to you know to, to alert people to what our events are and what we're doing here and it told us earlier you've had some uh, some high profile famous people come through these doors yeah yeah so so there's um and, and again you know if you're in your early 20s i don't know if this is going to mean anything to you but there, there's a wonderful guy um from I, I guess i'll say my era donnie iris and the cruisers have you heard of have you heard of him we did a research yeah 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 okay so so donnie iris is a cigar guy and um a friend of a friend you know we have some mutual friends and he loves cigars and uh, he loves el periodico and uh he's been up here which is very cool <clears throat> and uh why don't you tell us about some of the people who have been in your previous spot before here yeah so so our, our spot in downtown youngstown which is, again is not a commercial it's not a business it's just a man cave and um, um it's but it's 
one of the coolest rooms in Youngstown, Ohio. And it's he calls it the speakeasy. There's a bar. There's a humidor. Um, seven or eight guys can fit in there very comfortably. We've probably had 35, 40 people in there uncomfortably. Uh, and when there's an event in downtown Youngstown, especially before, but even today, if there's an event going on in Youngstown, we'll go down there and um, just kind of open the doors and tell our friends and the word spreads. And we've had all manner of, you know, sports folks and um, rock and roll stars and congressmen and politicians and local business people and business people from out of town that are visiting, you know, that, that have been in there. Um, I, you know, don't ask me how he ended up there, but um, there was a, a guy that owns um, wineries out in uh, Napa, was in town for some kind of an event, and he knew somebody who knew about the speakeasy, and they called and asked if they could come down, and he came in and, uh, you know, was able to, to see the lounge and, you know, really liked it. I mean, people that went in there love the room, and that room was the inspiration for this, for Cigarro. You know, it was truly the inspiration. We we wanted to replicate what we have down there. So if you went downtown and saw that room, it's like this, only much, 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 much smaller. Yeah, I would say you guys definitely did it justice in recreating that early, what, 60s, 50s feel? That's yeah, probably what you were going for? Yeah, 50, 50s and back, I would say. Yeah, we always have um, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin on the radio you hear in the background. Uh, and then when you go upstairs on the TVs, we kind of start. Of course, the members can put on whatever they want, but um, we kind of start out with like a Turner Classic movies and some of the old black and white TV shows, things like that. So it kind of takes you back. And, and it's funny because we do that down at the Speakeasy, you know, my partner's lounge downtown. And we've carried that through to here. And so the people who have been to the lounge downtown always remark that this is exactly like the place downtown yeah it's absolutely phenomenal and the way you guys do your memberships with the 24 7 access in the the post boxes that uh i'd like for you to elaborate on is the coolest thing i've ever heard yeah so you know and i that was just kind of one of those things that just popped into my i'm not even going to take credit for it my partner just popped into his head um we go to auctions a lot, you know, because we're looking for old memorabilia to hang up on the walls. And we want old Youngstown history, old political history, old sports from the area, things like that. And he went to an auction once, and they had those old brass post office boxes, banks of them, you know, just big, heavy, you know, load them on the back of a truck, banks of them. So he bought a bunch of them, and we threw them in a warehouse, and they've been in that warehouse for probably eight or ten years and when we built the humidor one of the walls of the humidor are old post office boxes so when you become a member here you get one of those post office boxes and we key it so you have a key so when you come in you can you can buy cigars and put them in your box or we can put cigars from the humidor into the box if we have giveaways and that has to be a one-of-a-kind humidor i've never seen or heard of anything like that before yeah, it's it's a pretty con- pretty good concept, and like I said, my, it sprung into my partner's head. I've never seen it anywhere that I've gone. And uh, one of the coolest places that you show us on the tour is the theater room upstairs, which uh, I believe your partner soundproofed with a uh, pretty unique method. Yeah, so b- because he's going to auctions and because we're buying architectural salvage, um, 
he ended up with, um, he, he wanted to put a theater room in. He thought it would be a good idea to be able to watch TV here, not just on the big screen TV in the TV room, but to have a dedicated area where you could go in and sit in a very comfortable chair, you know, like a theater room that people have in their house. So he converted a bedroom into that upstairs. And after he built it, it you know, you go in there and turn the TV on, and it made a lot of noise. So he ended up getting some hotel headboards um, that he bought architectural salvage, and he mounted those on the wall. And, of course, when you look at them, it just looks like a naugahyde, um, you know, wall covering. Um, you can't even really tell what they are, but it does an excellent job of soundproofing, and it looks good too, right? Yeah, it looks fantastic. And I said, I've told this to you probably 15 times now, you've checked off every single box I could dream of in a cigar lounge. Between you know, the theater room, the poker room, the great sticks, the house blends, the bar here, the ambiance. Like I said, I feel like I should be wearing a pinstripe suit right now. <laughs> I should have came a little more, a little more dressed up. You know, it's as close as I can ever get to you know being a part of that time in the fifties and sixties, which I have such affinity for. Um, blew me away, Steve. Yeah, Absolutely beautiful great. place here. That's great. Thank you so much. I'm so with that, you. we're gonna take our uh, first quick break, and we'll be back with you guys on the special edition Sports and Stogies first interview show. After this, sounds good. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're gonna, just going to dive right back in because there's a lot of big plans for your shop here. Uh, let's talk about uh, future expansions you're working on. Yeah, so so kind of the last thing that um, that we're working on as far as renovating the the house that you see here is uh, we're putting a deck on on the second floor. So. Um, our property backs up to a winery. There's a beautiful outdoor space back there. And in the summer, it's a music venue. So they'll, he'll do, you know, Jimmy Buffett night or have a local band back there. And there'll be 75 or 100 people back there. And so when we, when we saw this place, we thought we need to really, like, latch on and connect with, with the winery and the entertainment district that we have here and kind of tap into that, you know, that part of the neighborhood. Um, so to that end, we're, we're, we've got some plans that just recently got approved, probably a little bit too late in the year to do it this year, but certainly in the spring, we're going to go out the door that you saw in the TV room and we're going to have a nice big deck back there. That's going to overlook the, the area where the music venue is, um, probably be doing that in the spring. It's going to be great to hear some live music while smoking a cigar for sure. Have some table, tabletop fireplaces out there and stuff like that. I'm sure. But, yeah, that's a awesome expansion, and that's going to help out with the events you guys throw. Your most recent one was the Veterans Day event. Why don't you tell us some about that and how successful that was? Yeah, so, so one of the things, because we're a membership lounge, you know, we have the first floor's retail, the second floor's our membership lounge, and membership here isn't just a geographical thing. It isn't just that you get to go upstairs. Uh, it's also that you get to participate in events that we have and we're very committed to that. We think it's very important to give them some value for their membership. Um, and to that end, we actually have an employee here who's a, we call her the cruise director. And so that, uh, you know, all that that name implies, you know, a cruise director, her job is to create events, um, curate events, plan events. Um, and so we've had, we've had probably three or four events already. Most recently, last Friday, we had a Veterans Day. Um, it's kind of a salute. Um, what we did was we approached all the local businesses here in the entertainment district and also some friends of ours who, who have businesses in other neighboring and adjacent communities. 
and we got wings and chicken and one of our members did walleye um we had somebody made spaghetti and meatballs we have a beautiful eastern european restaurant that makes homemade pierogies here you guys know what pierogies are right that's not just a youngstown thing um so so she donated pierogies so we brought in food and we set up tables and we we invited all the local vfws and veterans groups and advertised it pretty well but also you know sent the invitation out to the veterans the vfw halls Um, and we had a really really good turnout we had a lot of veterans that came in and ate Um, we served food from i think it was about uh, four o'clock until about eight o'clock of course we were open all day and we were open you know long after eight o'clock but we probably served about um, 75 um, veterans that day Um, and we collected money we didn't charge any admission or anything like that but we had a, a jar out for donations. And we were able to collect a couple hundred dollars for, for um, uh, uh, veterans' causes. And w- we have a couple different veterans' causes that we're supporting. And this specific event, we're supporting a, a, a group called um, Southeastern Guard Dogs. and or gu- I'm sorry, Guide Dogs. And Southeastern Guide Dogs is uh, um, out of Florida, and they train dogs for veterans, um, you know, blind or disabled or post-traumatic stress syndrome dogs. And um, so we're going to donate to that charity from from that event. Which, of course, the Ohio Cigar Mafia, is that's their main charity as well, which is what really drew us to that group initially, um, all the great outreach they do in the communities all across the state uh, for those people that really need that. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a testament to how how welcoming and how helpful the cigar community is and can be. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank you. I, th- I think all businesses, I think you know, regardless of what the regardless of what the industry is, should give something back. You know, regardless of what it is. You know, pick a pick a cause. There's a bunch of great causes out there, and just the one that we happened to latch on to is the the veterans. You know, we think it's a not just that it's a cigar demographic, but it's something that we're both passionate about. I was never in the military, but my grandfathers were. My partner was in the Army. A lot of our friends were in the Army or the Navy, or some of them are still active duty right now. So it was just something that we thought was a, a good cause to you know latch on to and give something back. Now, any events in the works coming up here soon? Yeah, so let's see. We have um, a couple that we're, we're, we feel kind of um, you know very passionate about. So kind of a long story along with it but you you see the uh, humidors the monte cristo humidors so the background let me give you some background so they're the monte cristo cigar company in the 1970s and 1980s came out with four replicas of the washington monument the jefferson monument there i'm sorry the jefferson memorial the um the white house and the U.S. Capitol. Did I just name four? I, okay, okay, good. Yeah, so so they came out with four different humidors. Um, you're sitting under the White House right now. They're, they're massive. They're for 350 cigars, give or take, depending on the size of the cigars. They have Spanish cedar inside. They're made of a composite material. They probably weigh about 35 or 45 pounds each. And we own three of the four. We have the White House, which is down here. We have the U.S. Capitol, which you guys saw on the second floor. And we have the Lincoln Memorial, which is up on the third floor in our office. And the reason it's up in the office is because 
we just thought it was kind of special. There's not very many places that have these. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to fill it up with Monte Cristo cigars, and we're going to have an event. We're going to try to have, have an event, and part of the event is going to be a formal unveiling of that humidor here. Um, that's going to be a members event. We're probably going to do like a bourbon tasting in conjunction with it. Don't have a date for you yet, but it'll be on social media once we lock down a date. Oh, and we'll, we will definitely be sharing that for you. Um, <clears throat> like you said, they were only sold in the 70s and 80s. They only made, what, I think you said 500? Yep, 500 of each. They made 500 of each, and they actually were never sold. Um, what, what I've come to learn, I didn't know this when I, when I saw the White House the first time, but um, what I've come to learn is that they made 500 of each, and they gave them to their 500 best dealers. And the dealers could give them away. They could raffle them. They could sell them. They could keep them. They could throw them away. My sense is that a lot of them have been damaged and thrown away over the years. Um, so I, I've I've got three of the four. I've only seen one Lincoln Memorial, and that's the one that's upstairs. I've only seen three of the Capitol. One of them is upstairs. And I've probably seen about six or seven of the White House. For some reason, the the, the White House is a little bit more, is a little easier to find. But... None of them are what I would call easy to find. They they were all a challenge. Uh, to the common eye, I think the White House is a lot more of a, oh, I know that's the White House uh-huh. kind of thing. So that's probably why they're a little more common. But especially because the ones you do have are in such good condition, that's even more impressive. And I'm sure you're scouring everywhere for the last one you do not have. Yeah, if, if anybody out there knows knows anything about a Jefferson Memorial... These were made by, they, they call them American Heritage Series, and they were made by Monte Cristo Cigar Company, and we're hot on the trail of a Jefferson Memorial. It'd be special to have all four of them. And you had mentioned to us at one time or another you actually owned five of the White Houses, correct? Yeah, yeah, 500 of them made, and I've, I've owned five of them over the years. So, so you had 1% of uh, yeah. all of them ever made. My wife pointed that exact fact out to me. I would so. imagine you're probably <laughs> one of, if not the only guy that had to accomplish that yeah i now you know i'm sure there's somebody out there that has all of them but uh, the, the only place that i know of is there's a cigar lounge in washington dc that has all four of them uh where better to have them in, in the district yeah right in the district so <sighs> so i uh, you know it's certainly part of my intention i'm, I'm I, I want all four of them we have them spread out throughout the house because we didn't realize we were going to be able to find the other ones but i think we'll probably redecorate and when we get that fourth one we'll put them together somewhere yeah, I'd imagine uh, that would that, one. That's quite the collection, mm-hmm. and especially with how rare they are, and especially finding them in the great condition you are finding them in is even more impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are going to see pictures of the ones we've seen on our social medias, and you'll see videos and pictures of the lounge itself. Um, it is just—it almost leaves you speechless. Thank you. And one of the coolest pieces I've seen here was the signed Oscar de la Hoya glove you got upstairs. How did that come to be here? Yeah, so, you know, believe it or not, that was one of our members donated that to us. Um, so my partner, who you're going to meet here in the next couple hours, is um, is actually a boxing judge. And um, he's in business. He, he does um, bourbon. He's a distiller, and he makes bourbon with boxers. And... Um, so, you know, you've seen other boxing memorabilia, you know, throughout the, throughout the place, especially Youngstown boxing. You know, we have Boom Boom is from Youngstown. Um, Kelly the Ghost Pavlik is from Youngstown. 
um, we have a rich boxing history here. Um, so are those, well, I, I guess we can save those questions for him, but uh, are, I'm assuming they do a lot of collabs with boxers, like distilling-wise. Yeah, yeah another, another event that we, we plan on doing, we don't have a date for this yet, but we're going to do a, a, a bourbon tasting. And um, when we do the bourbon tasting, we're going to try to get as many of those boxers that he's affiliated with and that he's friends with, we're going to try to get as many of them to be here as possible. Oh, yeah, that would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, I, I can't help but just look around and just be completely amazed. And your guys' uh, humidor, your partner built, and the shelving is all Spanish cedar, correct? Yeah, So, and it was kind of funny because so much of the material that went into this place was architectural salvage. The Spanish cedar, we had to buy retail. We had to go to the store and buy it retail, and it's um, it's pretty expensive. And you know, when you go into a lot of cigar stores, you see the um, they'll do some Spanish cedar um, pieces, and the rest of the humidor is built from some other material, or some of these cases that you see, you know, where the the case has Spanish cedar on the shelves, but is not entirely made of Spanish cedar. When you walk into our humidor, it's it's pretty much a hundred percent Spanish cedar. There's a lot of cedar in there. Yeah, again, it is pristine. Now, a question for me and Cam, um, like we mentioned our dream is to open up a shop like this someday. Um, what has been the hardest part of opening the shop, and what advice would you have for us going forward to hopefully accomplish our dream? So I'd say that the, um, you know, I, I knew a lot about cigars going into it. I didn't necessarily know a lot about the, the business of cigars. And Ohio is kind of an expensive place to do a cigar business. You know, our license is um, about $1,200 a year. So that's a that's a, a big nut to crack every year, you know, the twelve hundred dollars. There's other states where where it's literally a fraction of that amount. Um, as far as taxes go, you pay a tax when the tobacco comes into your store and you pay of course a sales tax when it when it goes out. So I, I guess my best advice would be to do your research, you know, do a do a business plan and, you know, realize how much the cigars are gonna cost you. And it gave me a whole new appreciation. You know, when I go into a cigar lounge, because I'm because I've smoked cigars a, a lot, I carry some of my own cigars with me. And what I'll do is, is if I'm out of town and I have some maybe some El Periodicos with me, um, I'll take them into the lounge with me. But I always make it a point to buy some cigars. You know, which is kind of the etiquette of you know I'm going to buy cigars even if I even if I'm going to smoke what I bring in. I always want to buy some cigars at whatever lounge I'm visiting. Which is another testament to how great the community is. I mean, seriously, we've... I don't know how much of our how many of our viewers are specifically cigar guys. I don't know how many of them are specifically sports guys. But we're, our goal is to hopefully combine that community, which you see a lot of people interested in sports in the cigar community, and... So mainly, I guess, the cigar community get more interested in sports, however that may work out. But, yeah, it's just such an amazing community. And like you said, you know and you have a new appreciation for cigars being a business owner yourself that deals in tobacco products. It's just that you know all the, all the ins and outs now, so you know mm -hmm. what they're going through. And you're just like, hey, well, you know, I'm not going to smoke it right now. But I'm going to go ahead and buy a couple. And that, 
that's just amazing. And that really tells who you are as a person. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'm not the only one. I mean, I don't think no, nobody ever comes in here. We've never had, to, you know, we've never had any problems here. We've never had anybody take advantage of, of us. And I've never gone into a cigar lounge where people took advantage. I think that etiquette is always there. Now, of course, we touched on how much elbow grease went into the startup of this place. Did you have any pushback from the wife when you first started up? And did you ever have any second doubts about, you know, yourself? Um, it's quite the undertaking to, get, to do what you guys have done so far. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, um, Doubts myself, no. Never. Never. Because this was something that I was passionate about. And, uh, you know, as far as, as far as making money, as far as it was a good business plan, I think I, I, we set out to build ourselves a lounge. And if we could make a little bit of money doing it or we could cover our expenses, that's, that's great. But, you know, a, a lot of this is just we built our own lounge. So no doubts myself. And I'd have to say that my family was very supportive too. My wife's not a cigar smoker by any stretch. Um, I can smoke at home on my deck. I can't smoke at home in my house. Um, she was really happy to see the White House leave our condo and come over here to Hubbard. Um, so I, I think she's, she's been extremely supportive. In fact, on, uh, on Veterans Day, she cooked a big pot of, I mean, a commercial pot full of wedding soup and was, was here serving the veterans. So she hangs out here too. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, do you know roughly how long it took the renovation before you guys opened your doors? Yeah, so we, we bought the place in October of 21. Um, we had about 95% of the renovations done within about four months. Um, we didn't open until July, though. Um, the last couple months, we were, we were going back and forth about um, putting in a handicapped accessible bathroom. We weren't sure where we were going to do that or how we were going to do it. We were also we actually thought about waiting until we had the deck built before we opened. So we probably could have opened up within about four or five months of buying the building. But because of those last couple little, you know, minor details, um, we didn't open until July. And finally in July, we said, you know what, we're, we're this deck is going to take some thought and we're going to have to get approvals and we're going to have to have an architect do a formal design. Let's go ahead and open up without the deck. So, so we haven't had a grand opening yet. In fact, we're we're planning on doing a grand opening when the deck's done. Well, that'll be a significant business venture for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, brings a lot more crowd than you already have, which is a substantial amount for your only advertisement being your own social medias, mm-hmm. and obviously whoever you, whatever groups you're in, and whoever you partner with, and they'll advertise for you as well. But yeah, to be as successful as you are without having a grand opening is very impressive. And I'm very thankful that you guys are opened enough to have us come in here and get the word out about you guys. Um, again, can't reiterate enough. Make sure you go to our social medias or theirs. Uh, Cigaro on everything, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Cigaro with an S is actually the Italian word for cigars. Well... As a, we have a fella here with a lot of Italian blood running through him. I'm sure that just made him very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And again, I think your biggest selling point are these incredible house blends. I can't get enough of these, man. Absolutely incredible smoke. Uh, I guess, <clears throat> like I established, as a big Maduro guy myself, this is really my a cigar that seems made per like personally for me. Yeah, it's it, well. It was 
<laughs> it was exactly made per- it was. It was yeah. made personally for you. Yeah, that's exactly what what a house brand is all about. You know, a lot of companies. Um, I, I see them all over the country, and you know, you can go to you can go to Fuente or you can go to Oliva, and you can have them brand. You know, you get your own little your own little um, you know advertisement. Yeah, with like it, a name it. You know, basically a, an Oliva or a Fuente disguised. Exactly, as a, exactly. And we thought about doing that. You know, that was actually one of the one of the options, but. When we tried this cigar, we knew that we had to have it. Yeah, it's definitely very good. And uh, I will be, like he said, taking home a handful of each because uh, I'm going to love to try the Connecticut. Um, we never really touched on the flavor profile of the Connecticut. So you got any insight? Obviously, you have insight on what that would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've tried them all. Yeah, I'm a Maduro guy. Uh, I like the Maduro a little better than the Connecticut. Um, the the way the the gentleman that rolls them describes them, his Connecticut's are a little more robust. They're a little bit darker than a typical Connecticut, and his Maduros, at least according to him, are not quite as robust as some of the Maduros that that you've smoked. So so you can't really go wrong. I mean, I've I've been out of Maduros and smoked Connecticut's, and they're excellent cigars. Um, as far as a flavor profile, they're they're pretty much you know the the things that you said earth, hay, tobacco, tobacco. I mean it's all about the tobacco. Um, there's no fruit or nut taste to it whatsoever. Uh, the Connecticut is a little bit lighter. I, I get a lot of coffee um, taste with the Connecticut, and I'm anxious for you guys to try one of the Connecticuts. Oh, we absolutely yeah. will. Yeah. Um, well, you said you're a native of Hubbard, so. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this little town? We drove through, and, you know, it's smaller than any small town Ohio I've seen. Yeah, it's a, it's so. a, great, it's a great little town. I'm, I, I, thanks for the opportunity to brag about it. Um, I actually went to school here. I, I grew up in Hubbard. Where is the school? Um, so it is about three miles from us. It used to be about 100 yards from us, and the building that used to be the school is now a community center right down the road. Um I, I graduated from high school and I moved away, you know, not too long after that. And I've never been back. Or I mean, I've been back to visit, but I, I haven't I haven't come back to do business or live. Um, so I live about 30 miles from here. And we, we found this place really, frankly, because of the winery next door. That's what brought us to Hubbard. Um, but I've reacquainted myself. You know, there's a lot of people that I've stayed friends with that I went to high school. But... I've also reacquainted myself with a lot of the people that I went to high school with that I'd fallen out of out of touch with. And I got to say, I, I didn't realize what a great community it was until I came back. Um, They're very welcoming. The mayor of this town was one of our first members. The city fathers, the people on council, the people in emergency services, the firemen, the policemen, fantastic individuals, um, very supportive of business. Um, you know, as, as soon as we expressed an interest in this building, they came out of the woodwork. Is there anything we can do for you? What what can we do to enhance or, or to help you succeed? And that's that's refreshing. I mean, to have a community that that is that that much behind you. You know, we have all of them recommend us. All of them send their friends and family to us. All of them support us. So, um, did any of them come in and help with the renovations at all, or? 
uh, no, nobody swung a hammer, but uh, <laughs> I guess now, now that you mention it, yeah, no, nobody, nobody came in. And by the way, guys, we're building a deck next spring, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, get those it's hammers your, ready. It's your opera. It's not too late. Yeah, I, but I'd say that's the only thing they didn't do. I mean, they literally, you know, we, we had, for instance, we had um, the somebody that works in safety services um, along in kind of in conjunction with the fire department came in when we were in the middle of renovation and actually g- gave us advice about you know fire exits and fire extinguishers and and not a formal inspection just a you know a guy helping us out and saying hey you might want to do this before you or when the formal inspection is exactly yeah so and it's that kind of you know i I really appreciate that as a business owner i own a medical consulting company too which doesn't necessarily have a brick and mortar store like this but to have a community that supports a business is, is really a wonderful thing I mean, it's a logical thing because, you know, if we succeed, it helps the community. It helps the neighborhood. It helps the, you know, we're going to pay taxes yeah, here. Yeah, the local economy. Yeah, the, the economy. So it, it absolutely makes sense. But but it's refreshing to find, a you know, a, a community that has been so welcoming. I just can't say enough good about Hubbard. Yeah, the, that's the thing about these small towns in Ohio. They love their small towns. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a sport sports community. Too. The football field is about 300 yards behind me. And so on a Friday night when there's a home game, we notice a spike at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. The guys that all went to the football game to watch their kids or, you know, the guys that graduated. Of course, you got to be 21, so they're guys that graduated it at least a couple years ago. Um, they come in. We notice a little spike after the football game. There's two or three golf courses within a couple miles of here. And so, you know, in the summer we had guys coming in before or after golfing. Um, so, definitely a solid spot to uh, land yourself. Um, do you have any intentions of moving back? So, I, I you know, it's funny you mention that because it. it uh, my wife and I both like the community a lot. Um, we have a condominium now. We don't have a house. We have a condo on a lake about thirty miles from here. And I think if um, I think if I was looking for for a place, I'd I'd look in Hubbard. Now, of course, you mentioned you're a very well traveled gentleman. Um, have you ever been down to like the Dominican or Nicaragua or Cuba to tour some of those um, tobacco plantations and and production plants? So I've never I, I've actually been to some of those places, but I've never toured the tobacco places. I've been to I've been to Nicaragua, I've been to Honduras, I've been to Guatemala. I've never been to Cuba. It's high on my list. I'd love to go to Cuba. I'd love to go to Cuba. Yeah, it's definitely on our bucket list. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have – now, this is kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a grandiose idea here, but, you know, one of the things that we, we hope to do with our members is possibly do some kind of trips, you know, like a, a kind of a sponsored event and um, go down to – have you guys – you guys have heard of Ybor City in Tampa, of Absolutely, course. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, certainly to go to Ybor City, but – I'd really like to try to do something and, you know, get a group together and go down to the Dominican Republic and maybe ultimately Cuba as well. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be a goal for sure. You're definitely living our dream, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be, uh, you know, selling that path down the road. Um, Ebor is actually where my buddy went when he first turned me on to cigars. He took a trip down there and came back and said, dude, you got to start smoking cigars. Yeah. And it's been a passion ever since. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful place. And when I, I, I worked down in Florida, you know, me, the medical side, um, I work down in Florida fairly frequently, and if I'm anywhere near Tampa, I mean, you know, within 
50 miles. Um, when I finish work at the end of the day, I'll, I'll head into Tampa and go to Ybor just to get dinner and have a cigar. Yeah, beautiful place, man. With that, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back and rack up, wrap up with Steve here. Um, of course, check out the socials for the pictures of the beautiful shop here, the uh, private lounge upstairs. Um, SNS interview episode back after this. All right, welcome back to Sports and Stokies here with our guest Steve DeGenero. Been a wonderful time so far. I want to thank you again for having us out. Been a great opportunity and just to see this beautiful place you got here and have these incredible house blend sticks, the El Periodico. In my top five now for sure, if not number number one. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm so glad. You guys um, so we came talked up. some uh, off air during the break about your family history and your lineage there. Um, of course, we share some Italian blood. So uh, talk us through that. How your uh, how you came and your your family came over here? Yeah, yeah. So so Youngstown and Hubbard, in fact, is uh, um, have very significant Italian populations. There's a lot of Italian immigrants, maybe second, third, fourth generation. My great grandparents came from Italy. My grandparents were both um, were both um, immigrants as young kids, and they came directly to Ohio. Um, they ended up coming here because of the steel mills. You know, we were a big steel town back in the 1920s up until about the 1970s. Um, so they came here for that industry. And um, I, recently, I got interested, uh, just really within the last probably 10 years. My wife and I visited Italy a couple times and literally fell in love with it i mean absolutely i don't mean went on vacation and thought wow this is a beautiful place i mean we got obsessed with it um so to to the point where we said boy wouldn't it be nice to have a place over here you know i i i, I like going to florida i enjoy i like the weather i like the, the state it's a beautiful place but i you know to to snowbird down there is not as exciting or interesting to me as snowbirding over in europe somewhere so uh, we liked it enough that we thought it might be nice to own property over there. And we started looking into it. And although an American is allowed to own property over there, there's some real tax advantages if you're, if you're an Italian citizen. And the laws over there changed after I got interested in it. And so I've been pursuing Italian citizenship. I'm going to become a dual citizen, or I hope to become an, a dual citizen. Um, I was full steam ahead before COVID. In fact, if COVID hadn't happened, I probably would have would have would have got it in twenty or maybe early twenty one. Um, but COVID really like stopped the court proceedings over there. So, um, I November seventh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a hearing over in Italy, and uh, my case was presented. I didn't go. I I wanted to go. My lawyer said you don't have to. He said it's very anticlimactic. You're not going to get to participate. You could sit in the audience if you want to, but he says, you'd be better off coming once you get it and, you know, doing like an oath over there during the time. So I'm not going to leave America. I'm not going to give up my American citizenship. I'm, I'm so proud and so happy to be an American. But I'm going to have dual citizenship if things go the way I hope and think they go. Which is very cool because not only, like you said, it's a beautiful place that you fell in love with, but so rich in history and like ancient Rome and all those kinds of places, I mean... I'm sure you couldn't get enough of all that either. It's absolutely beautiful. And, I, and you know, I think we've been, we, we counted, I think we've been to, my wife and I have been to about 10 countries over there in Europe. Um, pretty well traveled. You know, we've always enjoyed travel. We, As we're getting older, we're starting to travel even more. Um, COVID has slowed us down a little bit. But um, I, Italy, you know, my, my 
personal bias aside, I think it's just it's the most beautiful place in the world. The food is spectacular. The wine is wonderful. The culture, the people, the friendliness. I just can't say enough good about it. And I, I you know, we, we fell in love with it the first time we saw it, and we've seen it a lot of times since then. And looking forward to maybe having a place over there. And you know, God willing, if I'm if I live long enough to be able to retire and go back and forth and spend maybe six or eight months here in this cigar lounge and then a couple months over there in Italy. Living the dream. Yeah. Now, man, as well traveled as yourself. Any bucket list places you haven't been to yet besides Cuba, like you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so so Cuba would be on the top of that bucket list. I, Cuba is definitely somewhere that I've, I've always wanted to go. It's it's definitely a possibility now. You know, it's a safe place to travel. There's there's actually cigar tourism there. And um, so we'd like to do that. My wife's pretty interested in seeing Cuba as well. And then another place that, I, I don't know, things are going to have to change in the world. You know, we, we've always been interested in going to Russia. And, of course, I wouldn't set foot there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, of course, a lot of history and uh, architecture and beautiful places to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, I think me and Cam have never been out of the country. You have? Well, my, my mistake. I yeah, haven't been out counts. of the country. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah. So definitely planning on that over the future. Like I said, I hope to go to Sicily either next year or the year after, where my family's from originally. Nice. Um, but a long ways to go to catch up to you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So so when you go to Italy, just keep in mind, I think the rule of thumb, you know, it's a, they talk about northern Italy and southern Italy, and, of course, Sicily is as far south as you can go. And I, I'm one of the people, they, they say some people don't like it as you go down there. I, the farther south you go, the better it gets. It's it becomes very intense. It becomes loud. It becomes boisterous. Um, I think the food is better in the south. I think the I like the people in the south better. I th- there's nothing wrong with the north, the northern part of Italy. But the farther south you go, the more beautiful it gets, and the more I like the people and the culture. Now, would you have an ideal time of the year to go weather wise over there? I, we don't like going in the summer. Um, you know, there's there's a big crowds in the summer. It's hot. It's probably, you know, most of the places that you're going to want to go, like um, Rome and Naples, um, Pompeii, places like that, are probably, uh, you know, I don't know if it's longitude or latitude, but, you know, they're pro- it's probably like equivalent with like Georgia or northern Florida. So if you go there in June or July, it's going to be hot and humid. They don't have air conditioning in a lot of the, even the nice hotels, some of them don't have, air conditioning so and of course the crowds are are bad um so we like fall we like spring we like even winter really just just about any time except the three months of summer of course though the heat would be welcomed as we're in cold wintry ohio right now and uh 30 degree temperatures outside yeah absolutely absolutely so it's it's a little warmer than it is in northern ohio you know if you go there in the winter but it's cold you need a jacket and it's kind of interesting you go to some of those towns and they have the the piazzas you know where people are sitting outside and they serve people from the restaurants outside it'll be it'll be 48 degrees out and they put those heat lamps up and they they actually the tables that are outside they'll put blankets on the tables and so people kind of like wrap up in the blankets and sit outside and have a negroni and have a cigar and uh, live the dream paradise live the dream um, anything else you want to touch on here before we wrap up, Steve? Yeah, so probably probably the thing that I'd emphasize about uh, Cigaro, which we you know of course we hit on, but I'll just I'll emphasize it. So we have a cruise director, and I think that you know we're open to the public. We're always 
you know, love to see new people, love to have people that come up just for, you know, for the day or for a couple of hours, come in and have a cigar, enjoy. Um, you can get a day pass. You don't have to buy a membership for a year. You know, you can get a day pass if you want to go upstairs or out on the deck. But, um, you, you know, the, the membership part of our business, uh, we have a cruise director and we have events. And some of the events that we're talking about, you know, that we've talked about a little bit, we're going to have a Christmas party. We're going to have an unveiling for the for our, our humidor, you know, our Monte Cristo humidor. We haven't quite figured out when that's going to be or how we're going to do it, but I know we're going to stock that humidor with uh, Monte Cristo cigars. We're planning on doing some bourbon tastings. We have a guy, I, I've never been a big fan of this, but we have a guy who um, knows a lot about tequila and mezcal and pairing it with cigars, um, which is a, kind of a foreign concept to me. I've never, I've never done that, but... He's going to come and do a members event where we pair tequilas with cigars. Um, we're planning on doing um, some kind of a, a paella dinner. Paella is a you know kind of a Hispanic dish, um, so we're going to have a, um, a an opportunity for for our members to come and we'll cook paella for them, and we'll probably have sangria, and we'll probably have cigars too that day. Sounds absolutely fantastic, Steve. Once again, I can't thank you enough for the invite for your hospitality so welcoming here in this beautiful shop with your beautiful house blend sticks um and our first opportunity to hit up on the road you know for a show that's been going on for you know less than three months now to get our first chance like this we owe you a lot man i really appreciate it and uh thank you for your time of course this is the cigaro lounge find cigaro on all socials a cigaro with an s um here in hubbard ohio thanks guys you guys are always welcome up here and with that you know what we say everybody sports and stogies to the moon.